Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Turn with me, please, to Hebrews chapter 3. And while you're turning, I want to tell you something that I was called at 14. Fifty-two years ago. I have never received the revelation from the Lord concerning his table that I have received this week. I've studied the scriptures for a long time. But what I'm about to share with you under the direction and power and grace of the Holy Spirit, I have personally not seen. I've asked the Lord to forgive me for not being as pursuant and as diligent as I should have been over the years to get revelation on this matter. By his grace, I want to ask the Holy Spirit to impart something from the word to you today that perhaps you've never seen. In Hebrews chapter 3, we have been studying the last, and some of you say, well, Pastor, whatever happened to your series on Philippians, I will get back to it when the Lord releases me. Chapter 3 and verse 12, we've been studying for two weeks about the caution that is given us through the Holy Word about drifting away from a place of intimacy with God. The heart of all our brokenness stems from one root. All my brokenness stems from the root of the loss of intimacy with the Lord. We talked about how that happened. Let's read again in chapter 3, verse 12. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart. Notice he's talking to believers here. Lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. You start, you stop believing things that God has revealed to you. In departing, walking away from the living God. We talked last week about how God is alive. How we ought to carry on conversations with him and listen to him as a living God. How do we begin to get an evil heart? How do we begin to lose intimacy with God? Well, turn back there to chapter 2 of Hebrews in verse 1. Chapter 2 in verse 1. Therefore, we must, we, believers, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. Daniel took Joe and I fishing the other day. 
We were pulled up in a slough having a big time. I was so focused on trying to catch a fish that I was looking down at the water and all of a sudden I looked up and we were out of the slough in the main channel of the lake. And I'm like, how did we get here? Drifting. How many of you know all you got to do to drift is nothing? You don't have to row an oar. You don't have to crank a motor. All you've got to do in your relationship with the living God to drift is nothing. To stop making investments in the relationship. To stop praying. To stop listening. To stop worshiping. To stop giving praise. To stop repeating his word. To stop coming to a company of believers. To get away from spiritual authority. They're, they're, listen. There is nothing you have to do to depart and drift away from the living God. God keep us from going there. Amen. Beware, lest you drift away and depart from the living God. Exhort one another daily, verse 13, while it is called today. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. How many of you know there's something cooking on the stove when I get into sin? And I will get boiled before I know it because I'm deceived if I'm drifting away. When I drift away, I, I lose intimacy with God. Deception gets a stronghold. My personal disciplines begin to weaken. I get isolated from spiritual accountability and authority. Distance begins to develop between me and the Lord. Patterns of wrong thinking and inferior choices grow stronger an evil heart is developing sensitivity to the Lord is being lost and I'm not even aware of what's going on sometimes beware take heed Holy Spirit alert us when we're beginning to drift we talked about last week how do I begin to rebuild intimacy? Number one, you got to come back just as you are. You can't wait till you try to fix things. You can't fix things apart from the grace of God. Amen. You come back just as you are. He will take you right where you are. It doesn't matter how deeply you have become entrenched in isolation. If you will repent and turn around, you will find that he will meet you. There is no indication anywhere that God will reject anybody who comes to him just as they are. Come to him just as you are. Begin to reinvest in your relationship. Begin to listen. Begin to pray. Begin to take his word. Begin to speak it over, over yourself. Begin to reconnect with spiritual accountability and authority. And spiritual authority is not there to keep, keep you from doing something. Spiritual authority is there to help you succeed. It is there to shepherd and pray for and encourage and, and bless and, and intercede and walk with you, not to beat you up, not to be hero worship. Last week we talked about how it's important when you're rebuilding intimacy with God to renew your vows. We talked about the Lord's table. We talked about how at the Lord's table it is not a ritual. The Lord's table is for you to recommit yourself to his claims on your life. Do you believe it? 
I said to a man the other day who decided that he liked his girlfriend better than he liked his wife, y'all have no idea some of the things. I said to him, has it ever dawned on you that if you say that you're a Christian, Jesus Christ says to you, if you want to follow me, you have got to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Let me tell you something. It is not all about you. The Lord's table is to recommit your vows to the Lord that he is yours and you are his. It is to reapply the covenant benefits. The Lord is giving me this week greater revelation. He let me know I wasn't through with this, that I have got to somehow present this to you. And then it's up to you and the Holy Spirit what you do with it. The Lord's table is not a ritual the Lord's table, something happens at the Lord's table, at the Lord's supper, that is an impartation. Do you know what that means? Listen, this is a mystery, but it is not mystical. Mystical is something that floats out there in la-la land that may or may not have any element of the truth. A true mystery is something that you may not understand, but it has substance to it. There is a spiritual law of sowing and reaping. Do you believe it? You may not understand it, but it has substance to it. It is a myth. You don't know how he can do that. It's a mystery, but it's not mystical. It has substance to it. The anointing of oil, which the Lord told for spiritual leaders to anoint the sick person who comes before the church and the prayer of faith. We don't understand it. Listen, there are things in the natural realm. There are natural actions that bring about spiritual transactions. The anointing of oil is a natural action under the obedience of the Lord, but it has a spiritual transaction. The Lord's table is a natural action of partaking of the body and the blood of Jesus. But there is a spiritual transaction that takes place. An impartation, not a ritual. We're going to have baptism two weeks from today on August 3rd. Jim and Kathy Black's house at 4 o'clock on Sunday afternoon. If you have not obeyed the Lord, as a believer in scriptural baptism, I invite all of you to let me know. We have three who have identified I want to be baptized on that day. Listen, if you have never followed the Lord in scriptural baptism, this is not an elective. This is the example and the command of Jesus. What happens? It is a physical action where you are buried to the old life and raised to walk in the newness of life. In that natural action, there is a spiritual transaction. I have never known anybody yet who haven't felt a deeper, intimate connection with the Lord, a, 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 a cleansing 
that has gone through scriptural baptism. No, no exceptions to that. Why would the Lord put baptism and the Lord's Supper and the anointing of oil? Why, why would he put the laying on of hands a natural action that has a spiritual transaction connected to it. And we have failed to gain the revelation of it. It is a powerful act. I want everybody to stop right now and I want you to ask the Holy Spirit who lives in all of you if you're a believer. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to give you revelation of what the Lord's table looks like to him. Would you ask the Lord by the Spirit of God to give you a greater understanding in your inner man what the Lord's table looks like to him? Because I guarantee you something is released in the Lord's table that many of us have never seen. God, give us a revelation. Yesterday in the privacy of my own home, as I received the wine and the bread, I can tell you that there was a transaction that took place in that action of obedience. And I don't understand it. I just know it's true. Jesus said in Luke 22, 15, he said right before he instituted the Lord's Supper as he ate the Passover meal, he said, I have diligently, desperately, passionately desired to eat this meal with you. Then he instituted the cup and the bread and he said, as often as you do this, you will do it in remembrance of me. That is not just that you have a faint recollection. You will reconnect with me. It is not a ritual. It is a reconnection. I want you to turn with me, please, to the book of 1 Corinthians. Now, you're going to have to, get, you're going to, have to search the scriptures now in these next few minutes. I believe this is life-changing. I want you to go to these scriptures with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Jesus having commanded the disciples to do this. He didn't say think about it. He said do it. Do this in remembrance of me. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. The apostle says, verse 23, I received from the Lord that which I delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, Take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant. In my blood. How many of you know what the new covenant is? Jeremiah tells us that the new covenant is not in outward laws and regulations. God says in that new covenant day, I'm going to put my laws 
in your heart and in your mind, and I will remember your sins no more. Do you know that God has selective memory? What do you mean by that? He has chosen not to remember your sins. That's good news, isn't it? When you take the new covenant in his blood, you are reminding yourself that he has come to indwell you and that he's chosen to, for, to remember your sins no more. This do as often as you drink in remembrance of me, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim, listen, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. You proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. This is going to have a new meaning to you before we're done today. Read on. Verse, 30, verse 27, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. See, some people have mistakenly taught that if you're unworthy, don't take, don't take the elements of Holy Communion. That's not what the passage says. There's not one single one of us who is worthy in and of ourselves to take this, this not one of us. Do you know the context of this? He's talking about don't do this in an unworthy manner. If you read the rest of the chapter, how many of you know a text without a context is a pretext? What he's talking about there is there were people coming to the church at Corinth and they were gorging themselves on the bread and many of them were drinking the communion wine to the extent that they were plastered before they ever received. Y'all know what plastered is, don't you? <laughs> Intoxicated before they ever got, some of my old crude language came out of there, before they ever got to the Lord's table. Unworthy manner means that you take it in a reckless, ritualistic, it's not that big a deal manner. But notice what the next verse says. But let a man examine himself and so let him what? Eat or not eat? Examine yourself and eat. Of this bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner, recklessly, eats and drinks judgment to himself. Listen to this. Not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. How many of you know that the Lord's table is a time for you to take an inward look and for you to confess sin and to say to the Lord, if there's anything that's grieving you, I want to not do this recklessly. I want you to know that I value and appreciate 
that I am absolutely humbled by your broken body and shed blood. But I want you to know today that I believe that not discerning the Lord's body has more to do than just being reckless about it. I think it also means being ignorant about it. Hmm. What do you mean by that? I want you to look with me. to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Just turn back a page. Look with me to verse 16. The context here, I'm talking about the Lord's table and in opposition to other celebrations. Look at verse 16. This, the cup of blessing which we bless, listen, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? You say, Pastor, how do we ever get the word Holy Communion? There it is right there. Do you know that? The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? Do you know what communion means? Communion means Partnership, intimate, partnership, a partaking, a partnership, a participation. It means an active, intimate involvement. So that, understand that this cup is a cup of blessing that partners you with the one who shed his blood on your behalf. It's a partnership. It is partnership with the blood of Jesus. What did the blood of Jesus do for you? His broken body took every curse of this world and of the devil, and his blood released the blessing. The broken body took the curse, and the blood released the blessing. You understand, when you come to the Lord's table and you partake this symbolic action, this natural action with a spiritual transaction, releases the blessing of the blood of Jesus. Look, look, look what he said. It's communion. The bread which we break, is it not the communion, the intimate, personal partnership of the body of Christ? That curse has been broken. Are you listening to me? If I view and I own a business, I get, the, I get the elements. Listen, you, you get that wine and you get that bread. If you can't get unleavened bread, you get some other. You can go down here to Lifeway. If you're not supposed to do wine, do grape juice. It's the fruit of the vine. You take that wine and that bread and you go. You are the owner of it. Don't try to make your employees do it. This is headed by you. This is your business. You take that wine and that bread and you say, Lord, according to your word, this is a cup of blessing. Your broken body has taken the curse and your blood has released the blessing. I hereby partake and I proclaim 
that this business belongs to you, and the devil is off limits to this business. If you are a business owner, if you are in business for yourself, you need to be taking the broken body and the shed blood of Jesus. If I'm you, I want the blessing of God released on me. Well, we, we, we can't have a service over there. You don't have to. You don't have to wait on me. You're a king and a priest. You get those elements and receive in the name of Jesus. Pastor, you got to preach yourself out of business. That's my job. I want you to get it. The cup of blessing, the communion, the partnership, the holy partnership, this belongs to you, Lord. You release blessing by your blood. I am part of that covenant. Are you sick? What does that have to do with the Lord's table? Turn back to the left with me to Matthew chapter 8, please. Now remember, you are reconnecting with the broken body of the Lord Jesus. Matthew chapter 8. I want you to see something here. In verse 16, when evening had come, they brought to him, Jesus, many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word, and he healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself, that is Jesus, took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. That is the translation of the Hebrew text in Isaiah 53 that Jesus is quoting here. The broken body. He took on himself our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. 1 Peter 2.24 Who himself bore in his own body our sins on the tree and by whose stripes you were healed. Well, I don't know about that, Pastor. Well, you won't receive this. When you come before the Lord's table and you take this bread and you break it and you take this wine and you receive it you are saying Lord the broken body and the shed blood of Jesus you took on yourself my infirmities and carried away my diseases well, what about all those people what about you can't what about anything you've got to come by faith and receive ownership belongs to God whether you live you live to the Lord whether you die you die to the Lord you can't figure out why life or death, that is not your job. You just partake. Are you under attack? Who? I want you to see this now. Back to our 1 Corinthians 11. I'm so excited about this, I can hardly stand it. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, back to where we were. Are you discerning the body and blood of Jesus? Look back in verse 26. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. 
when you take this in God's eyes from his perspective, you are taking his body and his bread, and you are proclaiming all that was accomplished. Listen, you are proclaiming all that was accomplished through the death of Jesus. Now watch this. Turn back to the left to, I mean to the right to Ephesians chapter 3. I want to show you something amazing and exciting here. You are proclaiming all that was inherently done in the broken body and shed blood of Jesus when you partake. You are proclaiming it. Chapter 3 of Ephesians. Paul's talking about the unsearchable riches that are in Christ Jesus. And in verse 10, he's talking about that proclamation is to the intent for the purpose that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church. Everybody say, that's me. To the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. Do you know that whenever Paul talks about principalities and powers, he's mostly every single time referring to those demonic spirits under the headship of Satan who operate in the atmosphere above this earth as well as on the earth. Principalities and powers. Did you read that right there? It is up to the church, that's you, to proclaim to proclaim what the body of Christ and the blood of Jesus has done to the principalities and powers. He has rendered them powers. Do you have any clue that when you receive in the body and the blood of Jesus, you are making a declaration as a member of the church that the principalities and powers of this doctrine. He said, well, pastor, it says heavenly places. Heavenly places means three things in Scripture. Number one, it means the atmosphere above the earth where birds fly. Number two, it means the interstellar space where there's interplanetary, I mean, now we've got spaceships up there. And number three, it talks about the inner throne room of God Almighty. But you've got to discern from the passage what is he talking about. Paul is talking about those demonic spirits, even those who are leaders in the demonic world, it is up to the church to make them know, you better take your hands off me and my family. I have the broken body and the shed blood, and that body has removed the person, the blood has released the blood. under vicious attack you need a miracle deliverance what did God tell the children of Israel to do before Jesus ever came what did he tell them to do I want you to have a covenant meal basically what he was saying and one of the things I want you to do is I want you to take a pure spotless lamb and I want you to slay it and I want you to take the blood of that lamb and I want you to paint it on the doorpost. I want you to paint the blood of that lamb over every entrance 
to your home because when the death angel comes, when he sees the blood, he will pass over you. Please make all our Passover. Do you know that when you take that broken body and that shed blood, you are saying to the Lord, you are saying to, the, to your fellow believers, and you are saying to every demon of hell, the blood of Jesus covers me in my household. You have no place in Now you know why you don't need to wait for pastor to call for Holy Communion. You need to take that blood and that, and that bread and declare it over your son. Oh, I don't know, Pastor, I couldn't do that. I'm not even the spiritual leader of my house. Well, maybe somebody has only deferred because you haven't taken responsibility. That hurt, didn't it? Are you walking through your darkest hour? What did Jesus do? What did he do? In his darkest hour, the Bible says on the night he was betrayed, the thing that hurt Jesus the most was not the cross. The thing that hurt Jesus the most was seeing his close associate, Judas Iscariot, get up and leave the table, knowing that he sold him out. You got somebody who's hurt you deeply? You in a lot of pain? You feel like you've been rejected? You, you, you're walking through and it looks like you are not going to be able to get past Gethsemane. You are asking for those around you to please watch and pray with you. Your soul is in distress. You are asking God to save you from this hour. What did Jesus do? He partook of the wine and the bread, celebrating that on the other side of what my assignment is, this blood and this broken body will prevail. Listen, this is not the time for us to play about anything. This is the time for us to get hold of the holy things of God and to figure out what the Word of God is saying and not just hear it, but Jesus said, do this. Do this. Yes, we need to corporately receive as, as we do last week. We need to privately receive as well. I'm going to ask, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do something today. I've been praying about this all week. The Spirit of the Lord has led me in a different direction with my plan. You hear today this word is spoken to you. Say, Lord, you're giving me a greater understanding. It is a reconnect with you. I want to reconnect with you, Lord. I recommit. I'm all in. I'm yours. Lord, I want to reapply all that was bought for me. My sins have been released. Thank you that healing is mine. 
thank you that the oppression of the evil one has to relent before the application of the blood of Jesus. silently. If you're here today and the Spirit of the Lord has given you a greater revelation, I want you to come privately. There's three places here today. One right here in the middle, one on the side, and one back there on the back. Daniel, I want you and Stephen to get to about the outdoors there where Deputy All Red is. And I want you to work those doors to let people out and need to go. And this is a quiet and holy place here. If you have to go, God bless you. We don't meet on the last Sunday of the month. We'll be back in two weeks. But I believe that today there are those who need to enter in personally. Again, to the Father, I bless these elements in the holy name of Jesus. I declare that from a natural purpose, they will serve a supernatural purpose. I declare that in these next few minutes, a natural process will turn into a spiritual transaction. That you will reveal and manifest healing, deliverance, renewal, forgiveness, grace and power in the receiving of your table. Give us greater revelation, Lord, of what you meant. Help us to see it as you In the name of Jesus. Amen. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.